Have you ever been to prison? Ever been tested, at least, by what you believe? Are you willing to give up everything for how you practice your faith? Let's get into it. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. We do this by using true life stories of real people. I'm Timothy Gregory. You're about to meet a man whose life was changed and he became zealous for what he believed. So zealous that he went to prison. Surely this man is probably some sort of radical looking to overthrow the government, right? On this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. The man in our story was persecuted by his own government merely for daring to dissent and not holding the government up as his ultimate authority. The year was 1948. But this story is repeating itself today as governments continue to crack down on people of faith in many areas of the world. For whatever hardship you face, we believe you'll see hope in this part one of the true story of Harlan Popoff. Also, you want to stick around because later we're going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize that you are really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. Part one of the true story of Harlan Popoff. I ask you again, why are you here? And I tell you again, three men came to my home early this morning and brought me here. I have been in this prison cell all day long, but I don't know why. You do. No, no one has told me anything. Prisoner Popov, stand facing that wall. Can I just- And do not move. You will stand there until I return for your answer tomorrow morning. But sir- uh, Silence. We will see tomorrow if you are any smarter. The man in our story was persecuted by his own government, merely for daring to dissent and not holding the government up as his ultimate authority. The year was 1948, but this story is repeating itself today as governments continue to crack down on people of faith in many areas all over the world. For whatever hardship you face, we believe you'll see hope in this part one of the true story of Harlan Popoff, right now on Unshackled. I grew up in a beautiful small village in Bulgaria named Krasnogradishte. We lived in an old farmhouse. My mother, father, and four of us children all slept together in one room on the floor, lying on rugs made of reeds. On one wall was a blackened fireplace with an array of soot-covered clay pots. Mother cooked with love, mostly beans. When father was called away to military service in World War I, all the children, including me, were sent to larger farms around us to work. When father came back home from the war, things changed. Because I said so. But I cannot go back to school now. Harlan, now that your father is home, you know- But mother, I need to help out with the oxen, with the sheep. Look around you, boy. 
We have one room and the kitchen, a dirt floor. The ceiling is so low, your father has to duck so as not to bump his head. But this is my home. This is all you know, and you're grateful. That's a good thing. But you know what I say about beans. If you want good beans, you must cook them in good water. Mm-hmm. School is like good water. It will give you a chance to get out on your own, earn a good income, get your own home, a proper home for a wife and children. All right. Haralan, you can read. Your father and I are so very proud of you, and we will do whatever it takes to see you get a proper education. We don't want anything to hold you back. Haralan, there you are. Hi, Christo. What's wrong with you? What happened to your clothes? The older boys. Again? And why wouldn't they? I don't own a shirt and pants without patches. I don't even own real shoes. Well, uh, your feet have coverings? They're pigskin wraps. Everybody else has nice uniforms and shoes but me. It's embarrassing. Why don't you pray and ask God to provide you with clothes? Please, Christo. Praying to God is like wishing on a star. Or a lamppost, for that matter. Religion is for the foolish. Your brother Ladin doesn't think so. My brother is well-meaning, but he is also ignorant. And what does that make me? Anyone can be duped by religion. Even you, Christo. Come, join the ranks of the enlightened. <laughs> Become an atheist. Sure, open your mind to a new way of thinking. Uh, Jesus has done too much for me to turn my back on him. <laughs> Look around you, Christo. We live in a poor village. Because of poor thinking, weak minds. We must fight to get out of here or we'll be stuck here forever. We have to fight strong, fight smart. There's no room for weakness or ignorance. Christo, look at me. Notice anything different? Not really. Wait, your shoes. My first pair of proper shoes. No more pig feet. <laughs> Harlan, I'm so happy for you. I was praying for you. That's kind of you, but I didn't ask God. I just kept asking my mother. Well, more important than the shoes you wear is the path your feet take. <laughs> Very profound. Don't worry, Christo. I know exactly the path my feet are taking me. I'm walking out of poverty and ignorance and into wealth and success. Those shoes helped my self-esteem grow enormously. I began to feel proud and important, but pride feeds itself and is always hungry. I began to think I held all the answers. I was no longer just an atheist, I became a respected atheist, or so I thought. Welcome to Rusa, my friend! Christo, great to see you! Now we celebrate! <laughs> For what? You finally graduated from Krasnogradishte! Ah, right. No more poor little village for me. <laughs> well, you are in the big city, yes? It's exciting. I have dreamed about making a new, wonderful life here. Carlan, you see yourself as a realist, right? I do. Well, here's reality. Unemployment is very high. I have a job at the railways, but it's very, very tough to find work. I can tell you from experience, it's going to be difficult for a while. What should I do? Well, you're welcome to stay with me, but it's limited. Great! I'm sure it will be fine. 
like I said, limited. Oh. It's six feet by six feet. We'll become close friends. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll kill each other. <laughs> oh, look, Harlan, I know it's not much, but it's your home for as long as you need. Thank you, Christo. You're welcome, friend. Although Christo was gracious and kind to me, I was still fighting to find my place, my purpose in the world. Of course, I was looking in all the wrong places. Harlan, you are sure you want to do this? It's not too late to change your mind. Christo, what is this city offering me? I told you it would be hard at first. Friend, I have an opportunity to go to Bucharest, the Paris of Eastern Europe, with plenty of women, music, drinking, and singing. Look, instead, why don't you come to church with me? Church? Christo, you're giving me an alternative of church? One path leads to death. One path leads to life. I agree, and I choose to live the life. Thank you very much. Harlan, please. My train is about to leave. Harlan, you are free to choose, but you are not free from the consequence of your choice. Oh, Christo, I'll be fine. You're heading for a train wreck, my friend. Hey, don't put bad luck on me. No, not literally. But really, Harlan, I'm very worried about you. You aren't my mother. <laughs> Thank goodness I'm not. I would resign immediately. <laughs> so long, Christo. Take care, my friend. Lord, please take care of my friend. Folks, we'll get back to Harlan's story in just a moment. But first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org. Dot org and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to part one of the true story of Harlan Popoff. Harlan! Shh, please! Not so loud. I have a monster of a headache, and I'm still nauseous. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you're hungover. <laughs> no, still too loud. Uh, right. Sorry. Anyway, thank you, Christo. You didn't have to come all the way here to the station for me. That's what friends do. Almost makes me want to come to church, if everybody there is as kind as you. Lots of gracious people there, Harlan. Come tonight, will you? You provide a room for me, share your salary with me, and meet me at the station to make sure I'm all right. 
I suppose it's the least I could do. Are you all right? You haven't said much. I'm still in shock. Shock? It was different. Very different. You do realize I've only been to the Orthodox Church. Yes. I thought all churches were the same. But in this church, just now, they spoke in our language. In the Orthodox Church, it's the Old Slavic language. Is it nobody understands anymore? Yes. And you know in the Orthodox Church, only the priests and the choir sing. But here, everybody sings. The whole congregation. And it wasn't just boring chants. It was beautiful hymns to the tunes of Bach and Mendelssohn. And Beethoven. And Beethoven. And it was... Christo. It was beautiful. But not just the music. I picked up one of the songbooks I saw lying on the pew. Such magnificent words. I went there expecting a battle of the intellect. I didn't expect it to touch my heart. This is wonderful to hear. But still, I am skeptical. Eh, I am not surprised. I expected the pastor to stand up and drone on and on, ignorant drivel. But no, he was actually educated, intelligent, articulate. He spoke so passionately about his faith, and yet... And yet... I very much appreciate this experience. Thank you. It was unusual. But I'm sorry, Christo. My intellect remains firmly intact. I still refuse to believe there is a God. How do you know this for certain, Harlan? How do you know without any doubt at all there is no God? Because I have believed it solidly for most of my adult life. Up until tonight. However, once this emotion passes, I'm sure my mind will be clear and back to normal. But it wasn't. In fact, my brain was racing and wrestling. Could there be a God? My friends and I believe such a thought was simple-minded. The few times I went to the Orthodox Church, I saw mostly old people blindly following an empty religion that had little impact on everyday life. But now I was confronted by educated people who openly testified that God is real. They were fervent, convincing even. This was not just religious ritual. They believed in someone real. I was torn. One day, Christo invited his friend Petrov to join us, and he wasted no time with why he was there. Christo tells me you're struggling with your belief in God, or lack thereof. So, you think you can convince me? <laughs> no, I am not here to convince you. I'm here to introduce you to God and let him do the convincing. All right. Did you bring him with you? <laughs> As a matter of fact, I did. Would you mind if I pray for a moment? Uh, go right ahead. Christo, will you join us, please? Of course. Lord God, I can't do this without you. Will you please use me to speak into the heart of Haralan, this man you dearly love and want to have a relationship with? In Jesus' name, amen. Haralan, I want to show you a special verse that opened up my eyes. It's in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16. Go ahead. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I have, uh, I have heard this verse before. Me too, but one day it became alive to me. 
alive. Precisely. I realized that God didn't just love the world. He loved me, personally. In fact, he loved me so much, his son Jesus died a horrible death to pay the price for my sin. For we are all sinners that need salvation. After he died, he rose again from the dead so that I might live. For if we believe in Christ as our Savior, we are born again. When I saw the reality of all that Jesus did for me, Harlan, God's presence became so real, so alive, I could no longer deny him. I watched Petrov's face shine with the love of God. And in that moment, I knew I could no longer deny it. There was a God. I could see him in this man. So I began a search to seek God for myself. Soon, I realized while I was seeking, he was pursuing. And we met in a holy collision, and I was overtaken with the love of God. In that moment, I cast aside my arrogance, my unbelief. I knelt before God, repented from my sins, and received the precious gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. You are? You actually are. A believer, yes. He's real, Christo. He's here. His spirit is in me. Oh, Harlan, I have prayed so long and so hard for this day. Oh, thank you, my friend. Thank you so much for praying and never giving up. You are more than a friend now. You are my brother. I went to live with Petro and he became a spiritual father to me, mentoring me every night in the ways of God and his word. Harlan, God has his hand on you. He wants you for his work. Yes. God, my entire life is yours. I am ready to give unto you all I have. I had no idea at the time, but that prayer would come with a cost, a very high cost. Meanwhile, I wanted to learn all I could about the Word. I studied at Bible institutes, including Danzig and London, and that's where I met her. Ruth? Oh, like Ruth in the Bible. Yes. Well, that's a beautiful name for a beautiful... Uh, yes. Uh, it's a nice name. <laughs> Thank you. And yours is? Harlan. It's not in the Bible. <laughs> it's a handsome name, nonetheless. You think so? I think class is about to start. Oh, of course. Today, class, we're going to discuss hermeneutics. Turn to page 37. Ruth was from Sweden. I was also convinced she was from God. You need to know, Harlan. My first passion is to pursue God, no matter what. I feel the same way. That's why I'm here. I'm determined to go wherever he sends me. I told him my entire life is his. I am ready to give him all I have. That's my prayer as well. As we pursued our passion for God, we fell in love with each other. And one day, I asked Ruth the question that would change our lives from that day forward. How are you today? That wasn't the question. Hold on. It's coming up. I'm fine, Haralan. Uh, what are you doing? I'm kneeling. You want me to pray with you? Ruth, you're making this difficult. Caroline, what are you saying? Ruth, will you marry me? Oh, oh, 
Alan. Is is that a yes? Yes. Yes, of course. <laughs> now can you help me up? <laughs> <laughs> We married in London, 1937, and our passion for God became our passion together. Ruth, I told you before we married, I will go wherever God tells me. I remember, yes. So? I believe he's calling us back to Bulgaria. I know it's a sacrifice to move away from your home, your family, and... Harlan? Yes? Well, I would prefer to go to Sweden, but I will go where you feel God is leading. Ruth was just as loyal as her biblical namesake. I've heard it said a good woman will not only add to your life, she will multiply it. That was Ruth. Soon, I was pastoring a small gathering of 60 people. God blessed, and we grew to 1,000. Before I knew it, I was the pastor of the largest Protestant church in Bulgaria in the city of Burgas. I loved my country, my people, so I traveled all over Bulgaria, spreading the good news of freedom through Jesus. But at the same time I was spreading the news of the light, a sinister shadow was growing over my beloved country. My younger brother, Ledin, warned me. Harlan, they're coming. They know what you're doing. They? The, the, the communists. They consider Christians a threat. Mark my words, Harlan, they will target you. Nadine, I follow God, not the communists. Besides, you can see, I travel freely. Th that's because the communists are focused on getting political power for now. But once they gain power, they will attack. And fiercely, mark my words, one, our time is running out. So we doubled our labors. Scores of young people came to Christ. I held mass baptisms in the Black Sea. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It was a time of great spiritual harvest. All four denominations of Bulgaria joined forces in unity. The Methodists, Congregationalists, Baptists, and Pentecostals, all to reach our nation for Christ. I knew very well the communists were watching us, but I underestimated their audacity. No, I'm just saying you have to be wise. Prepared, the enemy is always- What, Ladin? What are they up to now? They're removing pastors, brother. Removing? They are taking pastors out of churches and replacing them with their own so-called pastors, puppets, who will readily do anything the communists tell them. Oh, my. That's despicable. They've already started a slander campaign against you, Harlan. Slander? On what grounds? They're accusing you of being a spy. Me? <laughs> a spy? I don't even have a pair of dark sunglasses. It is serious, brother. They say you are an instrument of imperialism. That's absolutely ridiculous. I don't even have time to consider such things. I'm too busy running a church and spreading the gospel. They don't care. The currency of the communists is lies. Make no mistake, Harlan. 
They're determined to destroy the church. And you. Vladin was right. In July 1948, the communists targeted 15 leaders of Bulgaria's evangelical denominations. It started with whispers and rumors designed to defame us. Then they ramped things up, using the media to publicly accuse us of betraying our country to the Americans. Their goal? Torture and imprisonment. And then came the day. All of us leading pastors were summoned to meet with the Minister of Religious Affairs. Gentlemen, today in the People's Republic of Bulgaria, there are no two ways about it, only one. You are either for the Soviet Union or you are for the United States. You will make a statement from each one of your pulpits declaring your loyalty to the Communist Party and your rejection of the United States. Mr. Minister, our first allegiance is to Christ, not communism. We cannot do this. No, no we cannot do this. No, we'll comply. Or you will be arrested immediately. Mr. Minister, sir, we did not come here to have you threaten us. We are men of God, and we must serve God as our conscience dictates. We cannot go along with your requests. We could no, not live with ourselves. How dare you talk to me like this? With one girl, I can have you all arrested. But I am a gracious man. I will give you one week. Comply, or else. One week later, we returned, and we took our stand. Mr. Popov, you have the floor. Thank you, Mr. Minister. Our conviction as pastors is that we do not want the church to be involved in politics. We feel the church should be kept separate from the state as the church is a spiritual entity to be salt in society. We must be loyal to Christ alone. Yes, 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 that's right. Yes. I was gracious, gentlemen, but the time for grace is over. I am not disappointed. I am enraged. Your decision and your obstinance will cost you dearly. God had blessed Ruth and me with two children. My little daughter Rhoda was a true daddy's girl. Paul always looked up to his daddy as well. It was an idyllic life in 1948 Bulgaria. I remember a favorite photograph of me with Rhoda, now nine years old, holding my left hand, and four-year-old Paul holding my right hand as we walked down the sidewalk of our city. It was the very last photograph taken of us before they came. Listening friend, you may not be under physical oppression, but you may feel trapped inside an emotional or spiritual prison. Let your heart listen to these words. Jesus has come to set you free. The Bible says in John chapter 8, verse 36, If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Do you have the eternal promise of freedom through salvation in Jesus Christ? If not, and you'd like someone to pray with you, we encourage you to contact us at Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607, or call 
need him. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast, and don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled In Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. All right, here's the prize for our new upcoming sweepstakes contest. It's another beautiful wooden scripture plaque of Psalm 5110 that says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Folks, this is gorgeous, especially if you're looking for well, daily inspiration from scripture. You will love this authentic and very unique wooden plaque. The plaque has been sawn from a tree branch or log and well, cut in such a way to retain as much of the bark around the perimeter as possible. This one actually looks like it was cut from birch as it has that really unique bark exterior. Uh, this plaque has been handcrafted around the natural character and beauty of the wood that God created. If you'd like to peek at this scripture plaque, just visit our podcast website, unshackledpodcast.org, and stop by the audio drama page. Unfortunately, we are only able to mail this plaque to locations within the United States, so our drawing is limited to U.S. addresses. But if you reside in the U.S., all you have to do to enter our sweepstakes drawing is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name, phone number, and email. The winner of the sweepstakes for this beautiful scripture plaque will be announced March 21st. But the deadline, folks, the deadline for entry is March 5th. And we look forward to hearing from you. And next time... Will I die here? I have been starved, beaten, forgotten, told I would rot here. Lord, help me! In the middle of a prison in Bulgaria, after years of torture and starvation, Harlan Popoff discovered a new passion for his life. Ivan, they can no longer harm my family, and I don't care anymore what they do to me. What are you saying? I have a new mission. What is it, Harlan? To lead as many people as possible to Christ in whatever way I can. Evidently, God has still a purpose for you to fulfill. This will be my new fight. I will fight the good fight. Would this newfound hope help him outlast the persecution to eventually one day see freedom? As long as I breathe, I hope. You'll find out in this compelling conclusion to this remarkable true story, all on the next Unshackled. Heard in the true story of Harlan Popoff Part 1 were Jeff Parker, Gary Brichetto, Oksana Fedonishin, Brian Plaharchik, and Michael Wolner. Original music, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Michael Wolner. 
Sound assistant, Martin Robinson. Audio engineer, Michael Kahn. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Script, John Fornoff. Well, that's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ.